Hello and welcome to Coffee Lovers Radio. Joseph here with Jesse. Howdy. Howdy. We're having a really special show today because we have our friend Aaron Martle with us of Intrigue Chocolates. Yes. How are you doing, Aaron? I'm doing well, thank you. Thank you so much for being here today. It's great to see you. Yeah. And uh, we got a really nice spread of some. We do blind um, chocolate tasting in front of us. We'll get to. Yeah, we've uh, we've talked about your stuff on the show before. Of course, we uh, you gave us that lovely little last box of uh, the farewell truffles, box. the farewell truffles. Mm. Um, shared that with the listeners here. Do you want to share a little bit about how Intrigue's doing? Your yeah. sort of new yeah, focus so and everything. The uh, the new focus is on our craft chocolate line. We've been informally calling it our broken slab because, well. It, I started making bean bar chocolate, um, well, micro batch chocolate, no bars involved at the time, uh, about five years ago. We got a little tabletop mill, a stone mill, and uh, we just did a couple pounds a year to play with, just so we can know what we were talking about when we go to conventions and talk to other, other professionals. And uh, starting two and a half years ago, we were actually making a thousand pounds of chocolate a year that all went into beverages. Uh, so we had a couple of uh, coffee customers and uh, in our own shops serving sipping chocolate and sipping mochas and real chocolate milk and all those. Uh, and then December of last year, I said, enough of this. I want to eat this. I can't just put it in my pocket, so it needs to be in a package. Um, so what if, you know, rather than investing in uh, bar molds and tempering equipment, uh, big cooling cabinets and design work and several years worth of packaging at a time. Uh, what if I just, you know, temper it out on a sheet, break it up and put it in cellophane bags and heat seal it and just throw our own label on there. So it's just really informal. And it's the broken slab part because, mm. you know, originally everything was just broken slabs. Uh, now we have a couple other forms, but uh, yeah, it's been going really well for us. We've already done Oh, if you leave out changes in very in uh, in origin of chocolate, we've already done about eighty different uh, percentages or inclusions. Okay, just just this year. That's exciting. Yeah, that's really cool. Photo here for the. It's it's experimental for us, but that's what I'm that's mm-hmm. what I'm loving about it. That's what I loved about the truffles all those years was what can we do to play right. with flavor? What can we do to play with ingredients? And this isn't nearly as perishable or sensitive as, right. as the truffles. The truffles <laughs> right. have to be refrigerated, so it's hard to mail them, and it's hard to grow that exactly. and refrigerate it. That part has been a big relief. I would say Probably that that's almost like the cold brew of like, the yeah. chocolate. Like, right. Kind of have to the do what everybody worries. expects it, but uh, it's difficult to keep it there and keep it fresh. And yep, exactly. Cycle it through and ship it. Yep. Uh, right, probably a lot more, um, a lot more like hands-on work with the truffles as well. Yeah, the truffles were really labor-intensive. You know, they were handmade, hand-molded, hand-tossed, hand-wrapped, hand-stickered, hand-packed into a hand-folded box. <laughs> and then wa- perishability. I remember walking in on that. And I, I think it, was, it might have... I can't remember who... I mean, you were there. Was, Justin, right, it was yeah. definitely Justin there. Yeah, folding all the boxes. Yep. And it was like... That flashback to those little paper models you yeah, as a kid, exactly. you know, and be like, cut the tab out here and yep. fold it in. Yeah, now, now do several thousand of those a year. Yep. Justin, my, my production assistant, got so good at wrapping the truffles that he was, it was one of those John Henry moments. So we, we looked into getting a special <laughs> machine made to, to wrap the truffles for us because, it would, you know, less labor, go faster. Only the the only prototype an engineer was able to work up was going to take twice as long as Justin, and you know, cost thousands of dollars. Right, like, so okay, you save Justin, on the labor. Yeah, he, you've it's got like, job security. It's like when I looked up the the wholesale uh, or the, the 
uh, food <laughs> mixing. This is a cement mixer for food. Yeah. Stainless yeah. steel, basically. And I got the quote. It was $33,000. I was like, well, that's, I'm just going to pay somebody to sit here and shake this tub for two minutes. Yep. Like, it's, it's a lot of money. <laughs> only held 60 pounds of coffee. Yeah, I can do that myself. Yeah, $50 <laughs> uh, minimum wage. It still yeah. comes out better. I can hire somebody for the next five years, like for the length of the depreciation on that. So uh, you've got a number of these broken slabs in front of us now. Yes. Um, yeah. And we have this delicious coffee I just took a taste of for the first time in this Tanzania. I want to dive in. I want to taste some of this. Well, I, I want we to might as well it. talk about it because I'm about to start eating it. So <laughs> get into it. All right. Are these in any particular order? They are, though I'm not going to tell you what they are. All right. Uh-huh. right. So, but you can tell us where to start. Yep. Yeah. Start here. We're gonna. We're gonna this go one has some this. orange in it. It looks like. Yeah, we'll do that one last. <laughs> <laughs> that, one, that one's obvious. Um, yeah, that's a little tongue in cheek for those of you who can't watch the show. <laughs> They're, they're orange, <laughs> orange peel orange. slices. You'll see them up on the, on the yeah. show notes on the Patreon. That's right. CoffeeLoversRadio.com. So as you taste this, the sensory evaluation for chocolate, sorry if I mumble with chocolate in my mouth, um, you want to pay attention to melt and mouthfeel. People also talk about texture. Texture is usually something that involves your teeth. Mouthfeel is between your tongue and the roof of your mouth. And as it melts... You feel particle size. You may also feel some of those particles dissolve versus yeah. melt. And then other particles that just stay put. Right. So ones that stay put are going to be the you know pieces of bean. If the, if the micron, if the particle size wasn't milled super fine, a little more rustic, uh, the ones that melt will be the cocoa butter, the fats. And then sugar, if you have sugar crystals, those will dissolve. And you can feel the difference. Yeah. Mm. It's hard not to just slobber into the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, Chocolate's one of those fascinating things to me that I still haven't really gone into too much, but just the similarities in core production of it's like the seed of a fruit. And mm-hmm. you process the fruit and roast the seed. And doesn't that sound very familiar? Yeah. And the fermentation and the sun drying and all the different the roasting methods and, and, and oh, certifications. I always love like tasting the chocolates. And we've done this before. Yeah, this is our how much the coffee bit of changes a precursor meeting to getting serious about pairing a coffee mm-hmm. with a special chocolate project exactly. in February, right? Uh, we can talk about that if you want. But on uh, as you're listening to this, two episodes ago, we did uh, that was the one with the bananas and coffee subject, oh, yes. uh, which was mostly talking about how food changes the taste of coffee, or can change the taste of coffee. Yep. And of course, this is a prime example. Oh, yeah. No, together this is... So what I love about this coffee, which is why I was really excited to get it for the purpose of this podcast today, is because it's just a really rich mouthfeel. Like, it's just a lovely kind of, like, it's, it's very smooth. It's not very tart. It's not very... It doesn't have an edge. Because yeah. I find that the really kind of... Maybe it's my imagination, but a lot of the really kind of sharp citric edges that we really enjoy in coffee kind of get lost in the sugar translation. It can get kind of funky and dry. Well, that totally makes sense. Um, so this is... Um, this is, a, I wouldn't say medium, but it's definitely heavier into light roast on that just to hmm. help the solubility but also i was going for that well, there's there's so many aromatics there i wouldn't have guessed <laughs> on the heavier side of roast because that i taste no char to me when i, when I think heavy, of right yeah side so just out of comparison it's i have another round of this too that i'm excited because it's about hmm. seven or eight degrees cooler um generally our coffees come out around like 390 to 393 degrees so this came out about 395 396 um and then our 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 medium is like 410, so it'll give you some idea of that. Gotcha. So I'm, I'm one of those rare individuals, maybe, who I like bitter flavors, 
But to me, char is something I'm particularly sensitive to. So when I get into the French roast and Italian roast, my tongue goes numb. Mm. People say, oh, it's the caffeine. Like, no, I can drink espresso with the best of them. Right. I can't drink charred espresso. And I, I, I that it could be a polarizing term. But to me, it's, it's a flavor that particularly comes from a high roast. Yep. And it is, it is no longer a flavor of the bean. It's a flavor of roast. Right. And that's what happens any time, like, kind of after this range further get you're hanging out in the caramelization and right. carbonization more yeah the, yeah the really dark roasts are difficult i think because there's a lot of spurned it's a burned seed but yeah. also it's uh if you don't brew it right then you really accent the char i used to get the same th- same thing happen i just now made that connection when i was a kid my my grandma had to uh uh trick me into eating the crust of my toast by telling me if you eat your toast crust, it helps you whistle. I'm like, oh great, I wanted to be able to whistle really well. <laughs> so she tricked me eating your my, my crust. Grandma's a genius. I I would um, cringe at eating the crust, and it wasn't a textural thing; it mm. was the char. Interesting. I just put that together now. Well, uh, just chasing down that thought because it's a particularly interesting one. I think a lot of people who really love coffee, love coffee that has a lot of char to it, don't really see it until they drink coffee that doesn't have it and then it becomes painfully obvious at least it's hard to, a lot of people come back we hear that and i don't know <laughs> if they're just trying to flatter me but you know it's like they can't go back to other coffee now <laughs> no this is this is definitely uh this is definitely a thing yeah yeah um so this coffee is tanzania yep tanzania uh, the chocolates all the first chocolate is tanzania oh, okay so mm. we just had tanzania with tanzania and it's fruity mm. there's some really interesting mm-hmm. um so I'm almost, okay. I'm almost, and that could be my imagination. So this coffee, this is literally the second day I've been drinking. Yeah, talk, talk so about it's, it's so, it's so creamy when. So I, I had that melting in my mouth, and I have the coffee, and it's just right. like, like warm, chocolatey, creamy. So what got me on this coffee, knowing who the customers were going to be, and wanting to put it as a single origin espresso um, up at the kickstand, it, I wanted something that would have that heavier texture that would really mm-hmm. cut through the milk, and you could feel that coffee. But it has some really nice blackberry notes in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited to let it age a little bit more and see what happens after a couple of weeks. Uh, to me, one of the one of the flavors I'm getting from this is orange in color, but not orange in flavor. So I start to think apricot mm-hmm. or um, especially uh, with the chocolate. Oh yeah, like well, now that actually, I'm breathing after taking a sip, I'm getting more. So with the chocolate, it goes lemon. All right, I can. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, it it, mm. it brightens it, it up a little yeah. bit. But the chocolate to me has an apricot or orange marmalade quality. Mm. So. Maybe there's something about Tanzania. <laughs> there, well, and that's, I mean, that's absolutely true. And I think that this, this particular coffee is a pea berry, so it's going to have a little bit more sugar content and stuff like that, and a little bit denser. But Tanzanian coffees, to me, always remind me of like tangerine. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of that citrus. Crazy. Uh, Interesting. Citrus sibling of the Kenyan. Should we try the next one? We totally should. I think we should before we drink all the coffee. <laughs> Do we need to make another batch? Uh, I can't. I shouldn't be drinking more coffee. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> sleep sleep patterns are mixed up a little bit these days. So you may have noticed on that first chocolate that the um, the mouthfeel, that particle size, was mm-hmm. a little bit more coarse. Uh, and that's because we were using our smaller stone mills, a five-pound capacity mill. And there's not much weight on there, and there's not an ability to really torque mm. the stones down. So you get some particle size. Most of that particle size you're perceiving was the sugars. You've noticed that they dissolve as yeah. you go. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that with the stuff we bought sugar. from you also, those mm-hmm. other slabs we had. Yeah. Um, 
I find that a pleasant thing, not a defect, because you also retain more of the fruit character and the cacao character of the bean because you're processing it a little bit more lightly. Mm-hmm. It's a really nice change from regular chocolate too. Like it mm-hmm. feels feels more handmade, mm-hmm. you know. And there's something really satisfying in that texture. I like it both ways, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I do really enjoy the roasting. This one's also really tasty. It should be. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about the other three we're looking at, but this one's really good. <laughs> Yeah. So this is one that um, you worked with um, in conversation with Laurel, our coffee house manager, to come mm-hmm. up with the pairing on this, comparing tasting right. notes. So we actually milled Ethiopian coffee beans into the Tanzanian chocolate. So we put them in the snow and milled together. This is the Hambala. Oh, recently. Mm. Compared to, so I just, I had, had a piece of that very delicious, like, Whoa. fruit notes on the chocolate. This turns into, like, with the cup of coffee, yeah. it's different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, like the coffee itself, because with the other one, the coffee was like really creamy, like chocolate milk almost to me. And now this is like a black tea, like a... Yeah. Like, almost like an Earl Grey or something like that. Coffee. Yeah. Like it's, it's almost... It's crazy like, how like that happens. 2%. This is going to sound weird. <laughs> well, that's what I here almost for. tasted pumpkin carving, like fresh pumpkin, <laughs> as, I, as the coffee met the chocolate milk. Huh. Okay, I have kind to try this again. Squash now. I can see that. Like a little muted. Like yeah. There's something that's yeah. sort of muted and a little vegetal about it. Mm-hmm. But sweet. Oh, yeah. Chocolate tastes sweeter. It's a little bit more of a sugar. Yeah. But the funny thing is there's actually less sugar in that one because I took that same chocolate as as the first and added coffee beans to it. So there's percentage-wise, there's right. less sugar. Hmm. But there's a sweetness that comes out when you add the extra acid hmm. and the extra fruit notes. Uh, and I can taste that coffee without, I can taste the Ethiopian that's in it. It's that little bit of that bitter edge. Of, yeah. I'm remembering. Are they ground the same? You were talking about how you ground yeah, same them. Mill. Yeah, same milk. Same yeah. milk. Yeah, this one's going to be different. All right. All right, number three. Right off, you'll notice that the particle size is finer. Yep. Mm-hmm. That so just dissolved real quick. We got our new mill in the 20 pound, 22 pound direct drive variable speed. I love it. What am I getting almost like a, I want to say purple. Like I'm getting a little bit of a lavender sort of purple hmm. note on there a little bit. To me, it's a little more forest soil, like mm-hmm. the damp edge of an old forest. A little riparian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> notes of, notes of. You guys are much more colorful. I'm just like, kind of like black pepper. <laughs> yeah, well, black so, pepper doesn't have a lot of color. No. <laughs> you guys have probably you guys have probably talked about perceptions of flavor before, but you know, your tongue only tastes five things. There are some uh, sensations in your mouth that aren't really part of flavor, but they go together, so yeah. you just lump them in. You know, spiciness, other, other chemical reactions that aren't chemical receptors. Um, and then aromatics, which is a huge category of, of flavor. I'm getting like flat leaf, like leaves on the ground, yep. like a kind of eastern forest. Not a not a not pine, not, not a juniper, yeah, not a coniferous nope. forest. It's not a forest floor. There's no, no. pine needles. Like it's no, just... it's like oak forest, maybe. Mm-hmm. So all of those aromatics, uh, you know, when you talk about taste, we all know what salt is. We all know what sweet is. But as soon as you start talking about aromas, everything's analogy. So then. You know, this this is like raspberries. This is like 
you know, whatever it is that comes mm-hmm. to mind. Well, if it's analogy, then we get to choose uh, to be synesthetic. We can, to some part, access the emotional connections and the memory connections to aromatics. And then you start getting oddly descriptive and poetic, like Jesse and I are doing. Yeah. People look at you funny, but at the same time, you know what somebody means. Right. That's interesting because I, we talk about it like it takes a little bit of synesthesia to sort of picture that stuff, and I've never really, never really associated with the fact that these these flavors are you perceive them, and however a person perceives them, then articulates them, and so that inherently is going to create a, a synesthesia sort right. of. Yeah, the cute into our limbic yeah. system, right? And triggering memories. Right. Kind of dream state if you let it happen that way. Um, but, you know, you try to be technical. If you get hung up on identifying rather than describing, you risk being wrong. And people stop trying because every time you say, oh, well, it's white peach. And somebody goes, mm, no, it's lychee. You go, oh, I was wrong. Right. <laughs> like, were you? Were you it's really? There you ever tasted a white peach and a lychee side by side? Do you really know? Yeah. And Every day. <laughs> <laughs> Fancy fruit salad for you. Yeah, exactly. Or chip salad. If I, just, I just start the morning with a lychee and a peach just so I can win that argument. <laughs> Every single day. Just in case that ever comes yeah. <laughs> This is it, Joseph. And you're recording it. It's amazing. <laughs> I'm going to have one more piece of that yeah. same chocolate. Yeah. Just I, so I can I've have it with been enjoying stuff. having the coffee with the chocolate on that one. And something sweetly addictive about the combination with that chocolate and i can't put my finger on it it's almost so, creme brulee yeah, yeah, with yeah. the coffee Buttery. yeah i'm it's taken away that that forestness yeah forest. completely yeah and it's very much a sweet a little bit more traditional taste in coffee and it's gone almost vaguely spiced mm-hmm. but somewhere in the distance is cinnamon maybe yeah yeah that's great and it brings out the fruit note in the chocolate, which you don't really taste as much. I was much just going to say, I didn't want to quite say that because I'm afraid of being wrong. But I'm getting a little <laughs> bit of apricot of that. Like, there's some parallel with the cup of coffee yeah. itself and then the chocolate. And what, what... To me, it's a little plummier. This is from Ecuador. Oh, okay. So same, same percentage as the Tanzania. 60% of both of those. Which in our case means a 60% cacao nibs and 40% uh, demerara sugar. So very... Uh, minimally processed cane sugar, very similar to sugar in the raw. Um, I like the taste of actual cane sugar. I don't mm-hmm. know why you do white sugar if you have the option. Great. Unless you want to compare them and just think about the different sugars, notes, sugar notes that you get. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, certain sugars are better with certain cereals. I don't know. <laughs> this one's also very smooth. So, so you're, you're still using both mill. Do you like that texture on them? I, I do. I'll go back and forth for a fact now that I have that. Yeah. The other metal, I can I can choose when I want it. Oh, wow. I just got honeysuckle for a second. Yeah, there's a... We're doing the enzymatic sniffers today at the open house. Mm. And coffee blossom versus honey. Yeah, there it is. That's a... That's a, that's your honey nut Cheerios. Any, any, any <laughs> guesses as to what that one is? What do you mean? What origin? What is there an inclusion in there? Or is that <laughs> oh. just chocolate? So this is the Ecuador, same as the third one, uh-huh. but it has the Ethiopian coffee in it. Oh, okay, huh? But wow. it comes through completely differently. Well, and and because like, I swear it's like, but more buttery and rich than that. But maybe this is just 
I've been eating <laughs> several pieces of chocolate <laughs> and they're layering on each other. But there's a parallel in that coffee note between those two, as there should be, but that's this is fantastic. Like mm-hmm. all my mouth noises are going right into the microphone. Alright, so comparing these two, they both got the Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. Other than that, like are they pretty much the same except for the different except chocolate? For the origin on the chocolate, yeah. But the like the the like ratio of everything else is pretty much exactly. wow. That's wild. Hmm. Yeah, and then it kind of flattens out into a super sweet cane sugar with the with the cup of coffee. Yep. Yeah, it, it kind goes, of accents mm. a little bit of those. There's the there's the coffee in it. I was the first time I had it. I was just kind of letting it melt on my tongue, and it was overwhelmingly like buttery, smooth and sweet. And when I bite into it, the kind of expose the coffee yeah yeah yeah. uh the ecuador is a is a drier bean than the tanzania as far as cocoa butter so it's actually very thick uh in the mill and when you pour it off it doesn't want to pour out quite Mm. as easily as the tanzania does uh and then when we add the uh the coffee beans to that of course that adsorbs all the fats into the outside of the of the coffee bean so it dries it out even more Mm -hmm. so that last one is is the least amount of cocoa butter, huh. <laughs> but between the particle size and how well coated they are from the action of that heavier mill, uh, every single one of those pieces has a little, you know, uh, silkiness of cocoa butter on the outside. So fascinating. While it is less rich, <laughs> there's a, there's there's a reason you're perceiving it as being more rich. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Huh. I'm really enjoying going back and forth. <laughs> yeah, that's trippy. Because um, I'm getting so many parallels and so many differences, and it's like I try and try and say it, and it doesn't come out. Yeah, that Ecuador is outstanding. And that Ethiopian blends into it so well; it's almost difficult to perceive. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're clouding our palate by drinking coffee as we taste the chocolate, but with the with the Tanzanian coffee, there was no doubt. Like you ate it, right. and like mm-hmm. that was coffee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Chocolate. That's true. Yeah, there's a little bit of like, a, like I said, a parallel with the flavors, but they, you don't get that. Gosh, this Tanzania just by itself is really delightful. Mm. Okay. There's one more chocolate on the table. There this is. is the one that literally has orange in it. <laughs> <laughs> around it, or it's around the orange. So they're uh, candied orange peels that we've dipped in our Ecuador, sixty percent. Um, as we're eating this, I wanna, I wanna go back to the way that you talk about taste and flavor and stuff, because I've heard you often, and you said it a couple of times here, you have like a color that comes to mind when you're thinking about a thing and that kind of takes you from there. Yeah. How do you, how do you take that? Cause as I remember you telling me before as well, how you take like your perception of colors and tastes to combine other tastes, like oh, combinations yeah. of colors and whatnot. You know, um, so I, I learned how to taste after I started the chocolate business from winemakers, first first few years of the business, every weekend we were at a winery doing a paired tasting flight. And so it was the it was the winemakers and the people working in the tasting room who taught me how to perceive the flavors, how to pay attention to my senses. And uh, I just felt like the, what they were doing was trying to identify, uh, which is valuable once you get in far enough, but it's a barrier. So I embraced the, the poetic side of doing it. And once I did that, I found that it was easier for me to work on pairings and work on uh, choosing my inclusions 
if I use that same technique, so if I think about, um, if I'm putting together a set of flavors, I often do them in twos or threes, no more than five, because then you start to cloud everything. It's hard to taste mm -hmm. the uniqueness of your ingredients. But I'll think about them as shapes or colors, and uh, you know what what does it need to complete um, a geometric shape or a pleasant color palette, and uh, that way I can think about it in absence of the convention of you know white wine goes with fish kind of like right. there are rules there doesn't have to be rules yeah right. it's a matter of of making things work together aesthetically in your own brain and then you can describe that to somebody else if they're not getting it and see right if, see and if i guarantee if you go you back are. and look at those the, the the flavor compounds that are in that you're going to find a parallel scientific yeah, there's going to be a scientific reason but you know just like with with chocolate i've heard from chocolate makers uh who own the very fancy equipment that tests micron says particle size right um that you can do a pretty good job by training your own palate. You know, your own mouth is really good at determining it's like TDS size. on coffee. It's like that's overextracted or whatever. Right? Like you can, you yeah. Can, you, can, yeah. You, you are your own sensory analysis equipment. So, do you find that there's two like that? It's really easy for people, especially if they're coming in with a lot of money, just to get all the bells and whistles and equipment and not really think about just the oh yeah learning price process of that. That's definitely true, and it, it it's. See that in some of the new breweries, especially in Denver. I was talking to my dad about that. that it's like also, these guys come in with $2 million, they build a brewery, but they haven't actually made beer before. You can get hung up on scale. Mm -hmm. Like Business needs to grow. Right. Um, and if you, if you try to angle only that direction, you leave behind the craft or the artistry that drew you into the industry. Um, not that there isn't a value in business and making money, I've heard. Um, but the, <laughs> that is the, myth. the, <laughs> the, the joy of doing something artistic and creative is, is being in the moment, being in your senses, sharing that experience with people. Yeah. Um, do you find like, yeah, different times a day or come back and drink this or eat the chocolate at a different time and like oh, yeah. it affects you. You yeah. notice, notice things in the morning versus right now at the table or. Yeah, no, absolutely. There's. Well, by the end of the day, for one, I'm kind of over it. Oh, yeah. Uh, so there reaches it does take like, a lot of effort to think about this coffee now because we just had a whole day of drinking coffee. Exactly. You're doing quality right. assurance all day long. By the time yep. you get to the evening, uh, by the next morning, I'm fine again. Uh, and I do still often grab a piece of chocolate before bed just, you know, well, as a treat. That's I, one nice thing I'd give you over to the coffee industry. Right. Like, <laughs> There's a, a dessert element to this that's going to put you in. Like, <laughs> Do you, uh, total side note, but do you have a, like, favorite just kind of everyday sort of whatever you just want to enjoy? A good chocolate and not think about it chocolate? Or? Boy, well, okay, so I, I will answer that question differently now than I would have a year ago. Uh, my, my team has said repeatedly over the past nine months that we've never eaten more chocolate in our lives than we do now that we make our own chocolate from the bean. Um, as much as we love the I truffles. Say, I the haven't truffles had as much were... chocolate in my life since you have started making chocolate. The truffles were always a, a serious experience and you sat down with it. Uh, and they're it pretty is, rich. Like, they're pretty rich. Uh, the, the, the craft chocolate that we're doing is way easier to grab a piece of it and, and enjoy it. This is a little bit more bingy. 
Yeah. Like, especially since you break it all up and <laughs> dump it onto a plate, it's like, well, that's not going it's anywhere. It's out, right? You're not going to put it back away. I threw the bags away already. The truffles, um, though, they're all individually wrapped, so it's really, it's really easy to cut yourself off, too. Right. I'm going to have one. That's the gonna, serving size. Yep. Um, and it, they're really good tips for bars. We, we call this as... Just leave <laughs> yeah, them a little truffle right, like that. Mm. Uh, we call this our snacking shop, but... Um, because it's informal, because uh, we want people to not get hung up on how beautiful the packaging is, um, you know, oh, it's too pretty, you're going to save it for a special occasion. Like, they're literally in heat-sealed cellophane bags. Yeah. You know? And it's not much. I mean, they're two ounces. One, one, one ounce, ounce bags, yeah. yeah. So you can sit down and eat it by yourself without worrying about it. And it's also it's enough easy to share. to share with four yeah. people. Yeah. <laughs> I like the term snacking chocolate. I've seen this around for a while now. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very good marketing move. Just makes you feel a little bit better about just sitting down and eating yeah. some chocolate for a snack. I think there hasn't been much of a crossover between craft chocolate and snacking uh, hmm. because craft chocolate has had to work so hard to be taken seriously and mm-hmm. to even get people to understand the difference between commodity chocolate and craft chocolate. Yeah. And so, you know, I think we're starting to see a little bit more movement towards that now where finally people are going, okay. Yes, we. Everybody needs to take this seriously because there's right. a lot of work that goes into this, and it costs more because it's all labor and it's, you know, uh, fairly traded and all of these things. But also, you can just enjoy it. Yep, that's the same trajectory that conversation coffee with yeah. people. It's like, well, why would I spend whatever twenty five dollars on a pound of coffee when I can go to Costco and get you know four for eight bucks? <laughs> and they start tasting it, and you're like, well, that's going to change my routine. And let's just start making this coffee more and appreciating it. Right. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Keep buying all the chocolate. Do you find that, like, you've plateaued at how much chocolate you eat in a day? I mean, I assume that you eat more than an average person. When people ask me that, it's like, I rarely drink more coffee than a normal I, person. Yeah, I don't think that I eat more chocolate than, than the average person. I probably eat smaller servings of chocolate more frequently, but I don't sit down and eat chocolate. Yeah, you're Unless over I'm the, doing a tasting like You're this. over the white chocolate Hershey's bars. The cookies and cream uh, Hershey's. Wait, did I tell you that? <laughs> no. <laughs> wait, 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 hold on. So you, you actually didn't answer the question of what your, your everyday, oh, um, your, your so favorite. So now it's me. Hmm? It's my own chocolate. Oh, whatever it is that you're making. Yeah, oh, okay. whatever, whatever didn't quite fill out a bag, you know, gets set out aside. And Do you have it. a... Um, a uh, desert island origin for chocolates if you had to have one only for the rest of your life that is tough i i would do a better job of describing a flavor profile than i would of a specific origin Hmm. Uh, you know harvests change so it's hard to say but that's fair um i would say what color of chocolate i would say the color of chocolate would be dark um, mid medium dark in color with probably some purple fruit. So I think blackberries are currants. That kind of mm-hmm. that kind of note mm-hmm. in it. Yeah. Not mm-hmm. too acidic. Lots of aromas. Some uh, tobacco notes. You know, a little musky, woodsy. You know, yeah. I could eat that chocolate like that all the time. Yeah. I'd keep my interest. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, as far as other people's chocolate, because I'm not going to just do that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, I'm really loving the chocolate from Manoa out of Hawaii. It's it's just a very eatable chocolate, mm. um, and one of the one of the finest chocolates that that uh, we can get our hands on is Arate out of I think they're in Tennessee, <laughs> and I've heard things like they hand sort their nibs after they 
Great. roast and cracking it. Like nobody wow. does that. Or um, uh, pressing their own cocoa butter from the same origin of beans that they're using in the bar so that any cocoa butter they add is, you know, it's truly single origin bars. Right. You know, now with single origin chocolate, I know this is changing so mm-hmm. much in the industry now. Is it just down to like a, a country origin or are there regions of chocolate? It depends on which like of us nerds you ask on any given day. Like, so well, I, I mean, I know there are, right? Because it does grow in different regions. But so but, usually what we do on our own label is I'll, I'll talk about country of origin. Some of our sources, you know, our, origi- our uh, organizations like Picari in Ecuador, where they work with thousands of farmers right. who may only have a couple of trees each. So there's, there's an, uh, an agglomeration of, of fine cacao, which may be several different um, genetic types. It may be lots of different soil types and right. slopes and elevations, but it's all really good. You know, and they, they take this all to central fermentation places right. and, and process it. How much does the processing affect the flavor of yeah. Oh. So I think there are even more steps in processing cacao than there are in processing coffee. Probably. Um, the, the, well, to start with, all pods, every, every tree's pods are ripe at a different color. So they could be anywhere from mostly still green to yellow to orange to reddish to maroon. Like because of the variety or just because, because of the, the variety. Mm-hmm. And so that farmer needs to know that tree. Right. Uh, to figure Good thing out they only have two. when they're <laughs> 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 right, um, and then uh, processing may not happen at the farm, so they right. may they may harvest the pods and then they may sit around for a while before they go. And so, it's, I mean, there's all these steps that, that right. change everything. And the length of fermentation, the all length that, of like fermentation, all that changes. How, I, I, often turned, yep. how often they're turned, how often you know, yeah, and then um, how much they care for it and are precise. And, and there's a lot of co co fermentation variables so are they fermented under banana leaf uh, or do they use you know blue tarps oh you know there's a lot of right. a lot of option there but people will often taste the chocolate and go, oh there's there's a banana note in this like there's a reason there's a banana note. is that where the woodsiness comes from that one it, it's it like could it's be. from the camping gear that you <laughs> if you ever taste diesel in a chocolate it's because they probably dyed it uh, dried it on a driveway or on a road right. Does yeah. it absorb flavors in the transit like coffee? Oh does? yeah, I mean it's it's, it's a raw product. So. Forty to sixty percent cocoa butter, so right. that's a highly air, mm. you know that's an aromatic sponge. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, you know, it'll just carry whatever it, yeah. it met along the way. That's fascinating. In coffee, there's definitely a renaissance in the last you know couple decades with the processing and just paying attention to who was making the coffee. Now that we care about our food systems a little right. bit more, so we learn about that, and the farmers are recognizing that they can do some cool stuff, or you know. They've always known it, but they're recognizing they can make money off of it. Right. They're getting paid for the cool yeah. stuff. Right. Hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing. And I actually just uh, made a, a, a mental connection um, in a story somebody was telling me. They, one of my colleagues, uh, Lauren from uh, Chocolopolis here in Seattle, uh, went to Ghana and visited a couple of farms. And she got the opportunity to to eat the fruit on the outside, fruit pulp on the outside of the bean, which of course she's done other places before. But she said in Ghana, the ones that she tried, the the fruit had almost no flavor. Hmm. Uh, It it wasn't super sweet, it wasn't aromatic, it wasn't super sour. In other places, uh, it's like intensely tropical fruit, almost overwhelming in its sweetness and its Hmm. sourness. So it occurs to me that in fermentation, 
there is going to be flavor from the fruit pulp that is being fermented and, and drained away. Right. So the genetics that people don't care about as far as producing for quantity are going to affect flavor, not just because of what's in the bean, but what's in the fruit. That's right. Like, what? No, it totally makes sense. But now it makes me want to go, okay, has everybody done tastings of these pulp and evaluated the pulp along the way and then correlated that to flavor outcome of the bean? Because right. that like, seems what like was something they? they should do. Yeah, and you're so much into the raw, natural flavors before the processing right. when you have that fruit and then hmm. preserving that. And it's a big part of the process, but yeah. people don't think of it because it drains away. Well, it, well it's expensive part to think about. Right. right. It's most labor intensive. and Yeah. You ever think about getting a cacao farm so that you can have control over the entire thing i grew up on a farm i don't really want to go back <laughs> that's fair that's fair aaron wendell both <laughs> so much work. yeah uh, where'd you grow up on a farm minnesota dairy farm hmm. that's a lot of work yeah <laughs> no, i'm just sorry i'm picturing things well i think we could uh talk about chocolate all day and night um do you want to tell us a little bit about uh, what Intrigue has cooking for the holidays? You were talking about some some special yeah. stuff that people could get their hands on. We are uh, working on a collection package for our spice bars. We have six flavors of spice chocolate bar. That's our chocolatier line. So I actually start with a, a Belgian chocolate, and we add our spices to it. Uh, I, because we do weird flavors, I need the chocolate base for that to stay the same from year to year. Just the way the reason you blend for uh, coffee yep. for stability or, or the wine blends, yeah, just, just, yeah. right? Because every harvest is different. Um, so we have six flavors of those spice bars that will be coming in a in a beautiful package. So that would make a really good gift for somebody. Uh, and then we're working with one of our um, one of our brand designers who is gone back to his love of doing handmade pottery. And we're going to sell gift sets of our cocoa mix with uh, some handmade mugs. Fantastic. Be beautiful. Cocoa mix is amazing. Thank we're you. really, really enjoying it up at the, up the kickstand. I, I know. Yeah. I was going to say, I know a few uh, awesome coffee shops who use our <laughs> cocoa mix to make their mugs. <laughs> I know. We, I brought some down because we ran out here, of course. So I brought it down. It's been gone for a few weeks. And so it was just, I had a oat milk mocha this morning. Mm. A, a moda. <laughs> Moda. Uh, and then uh, we are doing some really fun things in February, working with Salt and Straw Ice Cream again for their uh, February Chocolatiers collaboration. Hmm. And uh, we've come up with a flavor I think is going to go super well. It's uh, deconstructed mocha latte ice cream. Fascinating. Uh, with our coffee chocolate, so some conduits coffee yeah. in this ice cream. Exciting. Uh, and it's a vanilla ice cream base, very light, and then it has salted marshmallow fluff mm. uh, hmm. swirled into it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, those are like my, Rocky Road is my favorite ice cream. Uh, hmm. You'll like this. Yeah. We'll uh, put notes in the show for that where people can grab those gifts they want to yeah. get some fancy chocolate definitely grab some of the uh, people can order the broken slab online yeah they can order the broken slab online we ship all over the u.s <laughs> and if you're saddled stop on by our pioneer square tasting bar to sample a few things or up to the uh chocolate and coffee house on capitol hill to drink all of the things i, I think we may have two dozen chocolate beverages on the menu no it's there. amazing that's oh, why i tell goodness. everybody it's like yeah the coffee's fine but they got six different hot chocolates <laughs> 
It's yeah, outstanding. Every time I go there, I, I feel a little guilty because I usually don't get a coffee. <laughs> I, I, I mean, kind of force myself to out of quality control, just be like, yeah, I'll take a shot of espresso. It's usually not what I need. And, you know. <laughs> Make sure you've got it dialed in. Yeah. Doing it justice. It's always been good. Yeah, it's like, it's, like, it's almost a formality. Just, just I should just to show well, that that's what I do. Why have good beans if you're not going to treat them well? Right. Right. All right. Well, thank you so much, Aaron, for being on the show, sharing the chocolate. It's been so, wonderful. IntriguedChocolates.com. IntriguedChocolate.com. Chocolate. CoffeeLoversRadio.com. <laughs> yep. Check the show notes. This has been Joseph. And Jesse. With Coffee Lovers Radio. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to our show and sign up for the email newsletter. Visit CoffeeLoversRadio.com. There you can listen to our shows and click through to our Patreon page to get expanded show notes and other fun stuff. Coffee Lovers Radio is a partnership between Extracted Magazine and Conduit Coffee. Just visit coffeeloversradio.com and we'll see you on the show.